Talk 1110-993-WBT. Pete Callender Show. Legislative defendants in North Carolina's combined redistricting case filed a motion to try to get two assistants dismissed. These are assistants that were hired by the three-person special master panel evaluating the maps that were submitted a couple of days ago. The motion says Sam Wang and Tyler Jarvis, two of the four assistants, engaged in substantive ex parte communications, which sounds a lot more fun than it actually is. Ex parte just means that they cut one of the... uh, Uh, parties to the lawsuit out of the communications loop, and that would have been the legislative defendants, the General Assembly. Joining me now is the North Carolina Republican Party Chairman, Michael Watley. Hey, Michael, how are you? I'm good, Pete. How are you, sir? I'm doing all right. Welcome back. And uh, so how concerned should we be about uh, these developments? It's kind of hard to get a read because uh, I notice a lot of the focus of the North Carolina political press corps seems to be about the Republican response to the story versus the story itself. Well, look, I think we should be troubled in a lot of different aspects. You know, the, the primary aspect being that if the courts had not hijacked our maps, uh, had not hijacked the process for redistricting, uh, we wouldn't be having this conversation, and we would have allowed the legislature to draw the maps like the state constitution says they're supposed to draw the maps. But when we look at the particulars of this, where we have uh, court officials uh, reaching out to plaintiff's experts to get information from them, uh, and the experts uh, from the plaintiffs are saying, well, don't take our on-the-record advice because it's too friendly for the defendants, uh, what you need to do is go draw the maps in a more inherently uh, uh, democratic way. Uh, that is really troubling. Uh, I think the fact that the, uh, the, the Democrats uh, plaintiffs uh, actually understand the magnitude of how difficult this is uh, to defend and chose not to defend it tells you a whole lot. But we do not need these special masters being appointed by, you know, the Democrats on the courts uh, to turn around and then try and work with the defendant plaintiffs uh, to skew the maps. All right. So explain to me, first off, how did people find out? How, how did we find out about this? How did the legislative defendants uh, in the General Assembly find out that these communications had occurred? Actually, there was a self-disclosure by the uh, plaintiffs in the case. That is how egregious uh, this violation was. Okay, so the the lefty groups, they were the ones that, uh, the, the lawyers, I guess, they alerted the other lawyers for uh, for the General Assembly? That's what I understand. Okay. And, and, and we'll have to make sure that, that, you know, all the pleadings and all the reviews are done, but uh, that's what we understand took place. Right, and so far, nobody is defending like those lawyers for those organizations they're not even saying no 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 nothing to see here you're not getting any kind of pushback from anybody on the left uh, over this right uh so far we have not seen any defense of yeah so uh you know and i think that the republican the legislative uh defendants uh, are well within their right to say that these folks should be dismissed and that all of their work products should be thrown out uh we should not have the court's depending on this type of biased information when they're evaluating uh, the maps that have been drawn by the legislature. 
So the uh, I think the 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 one guy that I'm I guess most aware of is this fellow Sam Wang, and he is with the Princeton Gerrymandering Project. Um, is he the one? Because you you gave some detail there about the communication and what he specifically was asking and what he was getting. And it, so, can you explain? Because I haven't seen what the actual email exchange consisted of. But was it was it Wang that was asking somebody? And then somebody said, no, you want it to be, you don't want to, you got to craft it a little bit more favorably for Democrats here? No, it's actually two different sets of communications. Wang was asking uh, the plaintiffs for specific information. But at the same time, Wang had previously been saying that, uh, that the numbers uh, that are being relied upon by the courts should not be his own numbers because his, he felt uh, when he ran his numbers, uh, were too favorable for the Republicans. Oh, okay. Now I understand. Now that makes a lot more sense because it kind of falls in line with his his rep from uh, up in New Jersey, right? Where uh, they had a, a, a redistricting commission, and it came out that he was working with the Democrats behind the scenes, and they won't publish any of their uh, algorithms or any of their work product. They won't let anybody see how they put their thumb on the scale. For Democrats to uh, to run the table on those maps, agreed. And the fact that the courts actually hired this guy is extremely troubling. You know, this does not speak of impartiality whatsoever. This speaks of a Democrat-run court working with Democratic plaintiffs to railroad the legislature. Uh, and and we really do need to make sure, as we're having a judicial review of redistricting that it is going to be impartial if you're going to do it at all. Um, that's one of the main things that we have continued to say all along is that this is the purview of the legislature. The legislature is told by the Constitution to draw the maps, and we should not have the courts interfering in this way. So who hired these assistants? Who picked the Princeton gerrymandering project? Do you know? The courts. Would that be the, the trial court or the Supreme Court? You know, I, I, I believe they must have been working together, but the specific order that, that declared these guys to be the experts and then ordered them not to speak with either the plaintiffs or the defendants was an order that was issued by the Superior Court panel. Okay. Because, like, when I first read the names, I'm like, okay, well, there's Bob Edmonds, right? He was a uh, former Supreme Court justice. He was a Republican, is a Republican, right? Although he didn't want his his party ID listed, I believe, uh, on the ballot, right? I think that was, he got done in by that. But anyway, uh, but then Bob Orr, he was a Republican. So I kind of thought like, well, why are they hiring? Why would they sign off on hiring for uh, uh, for Sam Wang in the, the Princeton project? I, I, I don't, I, am I missing something? Uh, no, I think you're asking absolutely the right question. I think it's absolutely indefensible. They knew this guy had gotten into trouble in New Jersey for working with the plaintiffs. Uh, and then they turned around and hired him anyway. Yeah. Uh, this is just, again, uh, really fairly shocking uh, uh, information that's coming out. What do you think of Skip Stam's lawsuit against Wake County and the county commission? Uh, have you seen any of, the, any of the details on that? Where he's Yeah, he, yeah. And, yeah. And I think that Skip raises a really good issue. It's also an issue, I think, that, that applies to Mecklenburg County as well. Yeah. Uh, that, that if you're going to have apportionment, uh, based on the way that the Supreme Court uh, has said that you need to have apportionment, that needs to apply both ways. 
uh, and it certainly has not been applied by the Democrats both ways when it comes to these counties. Uh, versus the the state maps. Yeah, it's a proportionality standard, and if you're going to say that uh, if you don't have a proportionality standard, then everybody is being disenfranchised and suppressed. Well, yeah, the city council here in Charlotte, uh, Mecklenburg County Commission, go out to Asheville as well, though Asheville, I don't really know about, I don't know if there's any Republicans actually left in Asheville proper, but uh, in the county there is, and they could stand to use some representation as well. Yeah, why not apply that same standard everywhere? Um. Yeah. Um, Look, I think at the end of the day, uh, all of this just shows that the Democrats approach to redistricting has always been about a power grab. It has always been about working the system uh, through the legislature, through the courts uh, to try and get a partisan advantage while claiming that they were not acting in a partisan way. Uh, If you look at Mark Elias, who is challenging the maps here in North Carolina, but he's defending a 23 to 3 map for the Democrats up in New York. He's defending maps in Illinois and Maryland that are conclusively shown to be Democratic gerrymanders. Uh, it really shows you he is not about fairness. He is about Democrat control over these legislatures. Yeah, it's right. There, there isn't some uh, supreme principle that they're applying here. This, it, it's, all, uh, it's all to service an end. Uh, and that is to get maps that they can win in. Um, Chairman uh, Michael Watley from the North Carolina Republican Party. Always good to have you on the program, sir. Take it easy. We'll uh, catch up to you soon. Great. Thank you, Pete. All right. Take care. All righty. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Those are the phone numbers. And if you call now and are the ninth caller, two said numbers. 704-570-1110 or 1-800-WBT-1110. You will score a pair of the tickets to the Charlotte Home End Remodeling Show. It is this weekend. Um, and uh, actually, John and Dave uh, of the uh, Home Depot Home Improvement Show are actually going to be broadcasting live from the venue. It is at the Park Expo and Conference Center. I mean, there's, there's a huge event, you, you know. I mean, like, it's got everything Home-related, even, like, stuff you park in the driveway at the home-related. Just everything. It's got tons of stuff. So, uh, charlottehomeandremodelingshow.com. Go check it out for all the details. Get your tickets. If you can't win them right now, but you can win them right now, if you're the ninth caller, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. And good luck to you. All righty. So, a major... Cheating scandal rocks the redistricting uh, trial, the review. This is Carolina Journal's piece by Dallas Woodhouse, former uh, executive director of the North Carolina Republican Party as well. He was also a longtime reporter. Legislative Republicans filed an emergency motion yesterday in Wake County Superior Court trying to block two liberal professors from helping review revised congressional and legislative maps. These are the professors Uh, One is from Princeton, one is from Brigham Young, and they were assigned to help three special masters review technical aspects of the maps for that three-judge Superior Court panel. Right, So you have the three judges, they heard the case, they were the ones that said there's nothing in the Constitution that specifically bans partisan gerrymandering, so it's not unconstitutional. That then got appealed, it went to the state Supreme Court, And the 4-3 Democrat majority on the state Supreme Court 
overruled that three-judge panel, which was two-to-one Republicans, but that was a unanimous decision from that trial court that was then overruled by the four Democrats on the state Supreme Court. They then appointed these special masters, these three other people. They are uh, Bob Orr, former Supreme Court Justice, Bob Edmonds, former Supreme Court Justice, and... uh, Tom Ross, uh, who is also a former judge, but also the head of the UNC system, formerly. Those are the three, quote, special masters. Those special masters then needed some help because they're not math nerds. They were lawyers who got to wear robes for a while. And so those lawyers got some help. And the help were these professors, Sam Wang of Princeton and Tyler Jarvis of BYU. It was discovered, thanks to the plaintiffs, the liberal organizations, their lawyers, So, and you heard Michael Watley say this, that so egregious was this ex parte communication that the plaintiffs' lawyers alerted the defendants' lawyers that it had occurred. Because if you get caught knowing about that after the fact, it's really bad. You're not supposed to be engaging in ex parte communications, in other words, cutting one side out of the uh, of the discussions when it comes to the special masters. It specifically says they're not supposed to have any ex parte communications in the orders from the judges. Specifically says that. Uh, information in the filing appears to show that Wang looked to cherry pick certain information and cook the books for the plaintiffs who are ideological allies of the Democratic Party. In the court filing, the legislative defendants demand that Wang and Jarvis be fired from their role as assistants. Defendants also want the court to require any work product completed by the two to be destroyed. And honestly, I think that's appropriate at this point. I do. I think that's appropriate. Defendants want the court to prevent the special masters from considering any material and work produced by them. Republicans want detailed information on other communications that they've had with third parties as well. Wang was recently accused of the same kind of cheating in another state. He is not a nonpartisan actor. He and his Princeton gerrymandering project have consistently demonstrated a pro-Democratic Party bias. He actually sought to file an amicus brief in support of a previous case in North Carolina. And now he has locked down his Twitter account because people are going through and screenshot or they were screenshotting all of his partisan tweets, anti-Republican tweets. So he locked his account. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Our friend Andy Jackson with the John Locke Foundation. He is the director of the Civitas Center for Public Integrity, if I remember correctly, his title. Uh, he's got a piece at the John Locke uh, Foundation's website, johnlocke.org, which, by the way, uh, I'll be up in Raleigh on uh, Friday and Saturday for the uh, Carolina Liberty Conference. I'll be a panelist on Saturday chatting about tech and entrepreneurship tech issues and the like. Uh, So if you are going to be in Raleigh on Saturday, you're attending the event, uh, come find me. So uh, Dr. Andy Jackson, that's where I was, a panel says uh, he's got a piece called Courts Are Obliged to Accept the Legislative Remedial Maps, the Remedy Maps. 
the panel of the Wake County Superior Court has until tomorrow to select remedial state legislative and congressional maps to replace the maps that North Carolina Supreme Court uh, justices overturned earlier this month. As part of the Supreme Court's order, the General Assembly was told to submit remedial maps. The court also told the plaintiffs that they could do some maps as well. So you got the the lefty groups, like Common Cause and uh, the North Carolina League of Conservation Voters, they're, they're working on their own maps, and they're doing all of that in secret. And they can submit them, and they're going to be Democrat gerrymanders. I mean, that's those were the maps they submitted before. So, of course, they're going to submit gerrymandered maps that help Democrats. And the reason for that, they say, is because Democrats will agree with them on their policy agenda items. So, therefore, they have to get Democrats elected. They can't work with Republicans. The League of Conservation Voters of the state, they can't work with Republicans, which is that's so asinine. It really is. Like you literally cannot spell conservative without conserve. Conservatives conserve the environment as well. They just aren't moonbat left-wing socialists. They're not, yeah, like, let's leave it better than we found it. Let's conserve the planet. Let's protect the water and the air, and we can do these things. We just don't believe that your course is the correct course all the time. Anyway, I'm... I'm going off on a tangent. The court is obliged to accept state lawmakers maps. The ones that are turned in by the General Assembly, those are the ones that the court should accept. Unless, of course, as State Senator Warren Daniel pointed out on Twitter, unless the court moves the goalposts again to come up with a brand new squishy subjective standard that only they can interpret. But if that doesn't happen, they should accept the legislative defendants' maps. And to understand why they should, Andy Jackson says it's important to remember that the trial court is not choosing what they believe to be the best map from among those submitted. The state constitution specifically requires the North Carolina House and Senate districts to be drawn by the General Assembly. Okay, so the state-level maps are state house or state senate, The Constitution requires those maps be drawn by those bodies. The Constitution also specifies that the congressional districts originate from bills in the General Assembly. So the court can only reject maps submitted by the General Assembly if those maps are constitutionally defective. So they're going to have to make a determination once they see the maps if they are constitutionally defective first if they are then it can consider maps from the plaintiffs so let's take a look at that fundamental question are they constitutionally defective well here's the problem with the court's criteria that they set up it's kind of vague you might even think that that's by design it's kind of vague but if you use the formulas, the algorithms, the methods that the plaintiffs used with their experts in their testimony. As Andy Jackson ran these numbers, he says the evidence indicates that the General Assembly maps are actually compliant with those formulas, with the criteria. So as it is, none of the maps 
would qualify as gerrymanders under formulas that the lefties used at the trial. Therefore, these are the maps submitted by the General Assembly, by the bodies, as is constitutionally required. So to answer an important question, are the remedial maps submitted by the General Assembly compliant with constitutional standards as expressed by the Supreme Court of this state? The answer for all three of the maps that the General Assembly drew is yes. Since the remedial maps submitted by the General Assembly are compliant, the court has no constitutional reason to not accept the maps. Regardless of whether they think that they're good or bad or whatever, the court is obliged to accept them. Unless, of course, they decide to conjure up some new criteria or standards or move some goalposts. Um, I mentioned uh, earlier WRAL's uh, coverage and the way that the media, the way they uh, craft stories, I call it journalisming. And when, particularly when it comes to scandals, if the scandal involves a Democrat, then the story is the Republican response to that scandal. And this is why you see the stories about Republicans pouncing, Republicans seizing on certain things. That's all in that, it's all in that category. When the scandal involves a Republican, then the story is just the scandal. And everybody focuses on, oh my gosh, look at how terrible this Republican is and that scandal. When it's about a Democrat, then it becomes, oh, the Republicans are seizing on the scandal. This poor Democrat did something wrong. And now the Republicans are going to use it against it. How dare they? And here's a classic example. Headline, WRAL. NC Republicans seek dismissal of research assistance over tainted, in a scare quote, tainted redraw process. So was that really the news? Was it really the news that the Republicans were seeking the dismissal of research assistance? Or was it that the Democrats got caught trying to manipulate the maps? See, that's the scandal. The scandal is not the Republicans asking for their removal. The scandal is the thing that prompted the Republicans to ask for their removal. See how that works? That's why I call it journalisming. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. <laughs> 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. WRAL story by Brian Anderson, who formerly worked at the Associated Press uh, before landing the gig at WRAL. You got to go into the fifth paragraph to find out why the North Carolina Republicans were trying to get a couple of research assistants fired. Yeah, it's because these research assistants, a.k.a. professors at universities that are, quote, experts on the gerrymandering and uh, redistricting mathematical formulas and analyses, they were having communications with other experts that were plaintiff's experts, which was not allowed. In a Monday filing, you got to go five paragraphs deep, you find out. In a Monday filing submitted to the three-judge panel in Wake County Superior Court, Republican attorney Phil Strack shared a thread of emails showing that research assistants Tyler Jarvis and Sam Wang communicated with plaintiffs' experts. Yeah, that's the scandal, buddy. 
kind of buried the lead on that one, unexpectedly. Wang did not immediately respond to a request for comment, although he was busy locking down his Twitter account. Now, that's uh, filled with anti-Republican tweets. When reached by phone on Monday, Jarvis said he had not yet seen the court filing and needs to review the complaint further and speak with the special masters before commenting on the matter. So he's not sure whether or not he did anything wrong, I guess. Then there was this piece by Will Wright at the uh, Charlotte Observer the other day. Will new maps give Mecklenburg real races? Yes. Well, maybe. By the way, there's an old rule in newspaper in which is if the headline asks a question, then usually the answer is no. But they've got uh, a couple of interviews in here. They talk with uh, Dan McCorkle, Democrat political consultant in Charlotte. He said, the more Mecklenburg they give us, the more competitive it's going to be for us. I'm very confident we could win this thing. They're talking about congressional districts. He says it comes down to money, organization, and name recognition, which that is true. And I appreciate the fact that that Dan said it that way rather than it, always, uh, it, it all comes down to turnout. It, it's like saying, well, we're going to go out and play this football game, and really, whoever wins, it's going to be determined based on who scores the most points. Yes, that is true. That is actually how you keep score. So, yes. And when people say, oh, it's all, it all comes down to turnout. Well, yes, of course, it all comes down to turnout. But when you're talking about the strategy, money, organization, and name ID, he says you got to have the name recognition. He said he's confident that there are candidates who can pull off the fundraising and who have enough connections and status in Mecklenburg County to bring out voters. He referenced some possibilities, including former state senator and current Charlotte City Council member Malcolm Graham, the mayor pro tem of Charlotte City Council Julie Eiselt, and former congressional candidate Dan McCready. There's also U.S. Army veteran Josh Remillard, who uh, has already been uh, campaigning for the district with the stated goal of unseating Madison Cawthorn. He's raised about 330k so far. State Senator and former U.S. Senate candidate Jeff Jackson said he won't run for Congress. McCorkle said, quote, it's not time for a novice. It's got to be somebody that's experienced at not just running, but at winning. If we can get that kind of person, I think we are in great shape, (laughs) which is like, yes, if we could get somebody who wins, I think we can win. I agree with this assessment. I think Republicans might also adopt that same strategy, just not for nothing. Find somebody who can win, and then that person can win. Just spitballing here. Natasha Marcus, state senator, said she hopes that the courts rule against the map. Governor Roy Cooper sent out a fundraising email Thursday night calling the maps ultra-partisan. But here again, I credit Dan McCorkle, the Democratic political consultant from Charlotte. He said he actually hopes that the maps stand. The very end of the piece, he says, any Democrat that complains about this, come on. This is 10 times better than it was from 2012 onward. On a 6-4-4 split, we'll take it. You know why? It means it's a level playing field. A 6-4-4 split. What that means is six likely or safe Republican seats four likely or safe Democrat seats, and four competitive seats. 644. He said, we'll take it. He said, Democrats may not win every district, but that's up to them. 
to get the it's up to us, he says, to get the best candidates running the best campaigns. Right now, we have serious competitive districts throughout North Carolina, and that is a victory for the voters. Mm -hmm. The voters are going to actually decide who represents them. See, because that's the thing. If you got four competitive seats and Democrats win all four. Yeah, they could have an eight to six majority in the congressional delegation. That's what that means. Mecklenburg County went 32% for Trump in 2020 and 33% for Trump in 2016. Under the new maps, Republicans theoretically stand a chance in five of the county's 19 General Assembly races, or about 26% of the total. So they're actually underrepresented. Republicans are going to be underrepresented in the state legislature, which, according to Democrat definitions, that makes it a fair map. The chances of them actually getting five seats, though, not very high. So if you just go by presidential election results, Mecklenburg County will likely be disproportionately represented by Democrats under the new maps. Again, fair maps as Democrats define them. See, fair maps are when Democrats get proportional representation based on whatever comparative they're using, whatever metric that they're using. And a fair map means that Republicans are underrepresented based on their proportion. That's how that works. Washington Free Beacon did a story on how Eric Holder tipped the scales in North Carolina's redistricting fight. If you've been listening to this program, you know all about it, which is kind of funny, too. This is the North Carolina you know, Supreme Court Justice Anita Earls and how she got basically $200,000 from Eric Holder's partisan redistricting network, and then she became the deciding vote in the lawsuits backed by the Eric Holder partisan redistricting network. These are the plaintiffs. They're funded by Eric Holder's group. And they funded her campaign. They put her in office. They put her in that judge uh, that judgeship in order to affect the outcome of these trials. Which is interesting because I'm old enough to remember when any kind of a national uh, publication paid attention to North Carolina laws, North Carolina uh, uh, judicial or cases or lawsuits, whatever, that made us look corrupt or silly or stupid, whatever. I remember there were all these people that were like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that these evil, nasty Republicans made us the laughing stock of the entire nation. We're in the New York Times over HB2, right? All of these people with the hand wringing and the pearl clutching and the fainting couch postures. Nowhere to be found on this one. National attention for corruption. Ah, nope. Not a not a pearl to be clutched on this one. All right, the Speaker of the House will join me up next. 